welcome to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM Wave 94. Spiritual believers, I have been talking about several subjects. We have been talking about unity in the body of Christ. We have been talking about doing good for evil. We have been talking about how to love your enemies. Now, I would like to spend time with you about your everyday walk with the Father, with Daddy God of our Father, Yuhei with Lord God Christ Jesus, with Lord God Holy Spirit. Yes, I've talked about not being offended. I've talked about walking in forgiveness. Then we get to the level where you do good for evil. And then we get to loving your enemies. But let's talk about our daily time with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. And what does that really mean? And how does that really look? I know I'm, I'm not, I have not arrived. I'm not trying to paint myself as the ideal model for anything. But I want you to understand that I start my mind, my very first thoughts with God. I, I wake up in the morning and I ask Daddy God, our Father, Yahweh. I ask Lord God Christ Jesus, Yahshua Mashiach, and I ask Lord God Holy Spirit, what's on their heart today? How may I show my love, my gratitude, my appreciation to them this day? And yes, there are days that um, I, I pretty much do that every morning, but I try to worship God. I, I let worshiping be the very first thing in the morning, giving, going into cleansing, thanksgiving, praise, and then worship, entering into the Holy of Holies, intimacy with the Lord. And when I am deprived of that, for whatever reason, because there's a longing, there's a hunger, there's a outcry in my soul, in my spirit, um, basically saying that I missed that. And I, at one time, I got, I had, um, several adults in the house. My son, who's 20, my daughter, who's 18, well, soon to be 18, um, my uh, mother, I'm not telling her age, and myself. And then I had a student, an ex student who needed a place to stay. Um, she was homeless. And so, that's a lot of people to have in the house. And I was finding it difficult to get my private worship time in with the Lord. And I'm telling you, it was, it was like an aching, an aching in me to, to worship the Lord, to spend time in His presence and fellowshipping with Him. So I'm just saying that that's number one. And of course, the world is going to try to crowd in on you, going to try to interrupt your time. And my children, who grew up with me um, walking in this way in my life, um, recognized that there were, when I got to the Holy of Holies, you couldn't say anything to me. An atomic bomb could go off. I'm not going to leave the Holy of Holies until I've completed 
worshiping the Lord. So the next step is, is then I think you need to understand whose you are and who you are as you go out into the world. And with my um, son and daughter, I would always ask them when I dropped them off at school or dropped them off at work or some kind of activity, I would always say, who do you represent? And they would always say, the Davis household and Christ Jesus. So I also think about who I am and whose I am. So then I was thinking about how once I recognize who I am and whose I am, then I'm about to step out of the house into the world. And so um, now I'm uh, trying to be aware of others and I'm trying to meet others' needs. I find myself um, oftentimes going um, in, weaving in and out of people's lives and I'll be called to maybe pray for someone's um, mother or pray for someone's sister or pray for my own brother or pray for my own sister. Um, I'll be having some students that will come in with some issues, some problems, and I'll always respect their spiritual choice. But I'll always politely ask, would you like for me to pray? And um, if it's something really, you know, dire, dire consequences. So, um, and so I, I pray over my students. I pray over my leadership. I pray over um, the United States of America, the leadership of our country. You know, I, w- I pray over men and women that I know that are going through dire um, times. And I am just um, excited about being used by God. And as you know, the latest thing where the Lord is using me to touch the world, to do something for him in the kingdom, for his people, is now we are going to have a meeting on October the 6th at Christian Heritage Church, CHC, which is near the Tallahassee Mall, in the same shopping center as Chuck E. Cheese across the street from Fun Station um, on okay, the Sherrill Road. So we are going to have a informational meeting where we're going to pull together all the churches of Tallahassee, Florida, and we are going to do a prayer walk. We're going to walk the north, the south, the east, and the west. We're going to cover the Tallahassee with prayer. We're going to push out the enemy, Satan and his demons. We're going to push out the spirit of death and destruction. We're going to push out the um, spirit of hatred and racism. We're going to push out these demonic forces that have been trying to just destroy our city. And we're going to bind them up. We're going to cast them all into the abyss. And then we're going to seal Tallahassee off with the blood of Jesus. And of course, this is a major enterprise. One of the interesting things that I've been thinking about as I prepare myself for this, um, this very um, major responsibility, 
that Daddy God, our Father Yahweh, has anointed and appointed me for. I think about Jesus, and I think about how did he keep together that scuttly crew? I mean, really, let's think about it. Most of them were, well, quite a few of them were fishermen. So, you know, language was not the best, probably. And then we had the polar opposites, right? The polar opposites all within what? Jesus' inner circle, the disciples. We had Matthew, the tax collector. And we know that everybody couldn't stand him because tax collectors were like, the worst of the worst in their society. They actually took out taxes from their own people for the Romans, and they cheated them in many cases. They asked for more taxes than that would, than was necessary, right? So the people knew they were being cheated on top of that. So here was Matthew, Levi, his name also, the tax collector. Then you got the zealots. You got Judas, right? And Judas is a very interesting um, person. You know, I want to just say one thing. Judas wasn't the only one that thought that Jesus came to overthrow the Roman Empire. Peter, James, and John, they thought that too, right? Um, Then you have, let me come back to Judas at the end. I want to give you some insights about Judas. But let's talk about the rest of them. Philip, okay? Let's talk about Peter, James, John. All of these men, um, Bartholomew, um, let's see who else. I'm trying to think. I know I miss, oh, Thomas, doubting Thomas. But Thomas wasn't the only one that was doubting. They all doubted, all of them. Many of them didn't, he still didn't believe, but they, they didn't go as far as Thomas. I, I won't believe unless I put my hand into your side, put my finger into your, 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 where, where your nail, nails went in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting crew, but guess what? Jesus kept them all together. Jesus kept them working together. Jesus discipled them. He taught them. He blessed them. He nurtured them. There was only one that he was never able to help make the transition, and that was Judas. And let's talk about Judas, because everybody says, I don't want to be a Judas. But Judas was just an ordinary guy like you and I. Just an ordinary man who, who was fortunate enough to be tapped by Jesus to be a disciple. And Judas basically was trying to manipulate, trying to force Jesus to um, overthrow the Roman Empire. So he, he kind of thought that he knew what was best for Jesus. And unfortunately for him... He did not. And so Judas basically felt like by betraying Jesus, he saw Jesus walk on water. He saw Jesus feed over 5,000 men, women, and children. He saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. Judas was there. Judas saw Jesus tell the storm, the, the, the storm, the hurricane almost storm. To say, peace be still. Judas was there for every miracle. He saw it all. And what did he see? He did not see 
God's vision, but his vision. Judas also didn't value worship. When the woman, well, not, I believe that was Lazarus' sister, Mary, um, broke the alabaster um, box and poured it all over Jesus' feet, anointing her and worshiping him, Judas said, complained. He said, oh, um, let us, we could, have, we could have sold that for a year's salary, which is a lot of money. But she wanted to give Jesus all. And Judas didn't, he didn't want to give Jesus all. He just wanted to give Jesus a part of himself. But she was willing to give it all, surrender it all for Jesus. Right? Um, Judas, Judas basically didn't recognize um, God as far as his timing. Judas was totally off on the timing of God. Right? So Judas was off on the timing of God and in the timing of God, Judas, Judas missed it. He decided that by betraying Jesus, Jesus would overthrow the Roman Empire and he would forgive him because he saw Judas forgiving everybody. All the time. You know how you say sometimes, do it and, and ask for forgiveness later? That was not a good thing to do. Because what ended up happening to Judas? Because Judas, and even in the Last Supper, Jesus, knowing that Judas was going to portray him, Jesus washed the feet of Judas. He washed all the disciples' feet, but he washed the feet of Judas. Why? Because he loved Judas, even though Judas, he, Judas didn't get it. He really didn't get it. As a matter of fact, Jesus even says, one of you, one of you sitting at the table right now is going to what? Betray what? Me. One of you is a devil and going to betray me. Judas never changed. In the beginning, God said he picked 12 disciples and he said, one of you is a devil. And guess what? And and all being in the presence of Jesus, sitting under the discipleship of Jesus, just 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 being loved on and nurtured by Jesus, seeing the power of Jesus, the authority of Jesus, the signs and wonders, all of this, seeing Jesus turn the water into what? Why? <laughs> he still didn't get it. He didn't change. So, what about you? Are you in the presence of Jesus every day at church? Are you sitting in the pews at church every day and there's no change? You got a problem because anybody who is in the presence of the Holy One, in the presence of Daddy God, Abba Father, Yuhavai, in the presence of Lord God, Yahshua Mashiach, Christ Jesus, in the presence of Ruh HaKadosh, Lord God, Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, anybody that's sitting in the presence of God for real, real, you're going to change. You're going to be different. I'm not the person I was last year, and I'm definitely not going to be next year the person I am today. Why? Because you cannot sit under the word. You cannot be in the presence of God. You cannot see God come in again and again and save your bacon all the time, provide for you, protect you, and not feel a change 
But Judas didn't change. He started off as a devil and he ended up as a devil. And how could this be? How could you be in the presence of the Son of God? How can you be in the presence of the Lord God, Holy Spirit? How can you see all these miracles? How can you sit in all these great teachings directly from God himself and not change? And that probably has a lot to do with someone's mindset, um, thinking that they're right, thinking that, you know, a lot of people don't uh, mention this, and I it just hit me now. Judas was the most intellectual out of all of them. Not that God doesn't like intellectuals, because he does. I mean, you know, we've got some great uh, C.S. Lewis, um, some great intellectuals that were Christians. God doesn't want you to leave your mind. God doesn't want to leave, want you to leave your brain. You can use your brain. You can use your mind and still worship the one and only true God. But if you look at the disciples who later became the apostles, except for Judas, Judas had the most education. So he, Judas might have felt superior. You know, Matthew, at least he came in humble because he knew everybody didn't like him. He, he knew that he had to, you know, ingratiate himself to the disciples, right? Because they looked down on what, Matthew? They looked down on what, Levi, right? So it's, it's, um, it is very, very, very um, interesting how... It's interesting how we miss all these very important lessons that we learn at Judas's expense because he paid a high price for his not uh, um, following and 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 making the change, right? So Judas, <laughs> Judas was a very interesting man. He thought he was better than the rest of the disciples. He was the most educated. He was a zealot. I think he was one of the zealots. And um, he definitely thought he was better than Levi. And, um, but he knew that he was not in the inner circle. The inner circle was Peter, James, and John. So that might have got, I mean, he was the treasurer. And as the treasurer, you know, you have a very close relationship with God. But even in this, he wasn't honorable. He stole from the treasury. So Judas, you know, kind of missed missed out on his destiny. Judas, unfortunately, there was actually, there are 12 pillars in heaven with each name of the apostles, right? And the one that had Judas on it, they scratched his name out and put in, I think it's um, Math, Mathis, Mathis, I think his name was, that there were two that were going to vote on, and, and I believe... He was the one that won the, the um, Judas's spot. So what does that tell you? That tells you that Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit, will shall be done with or without you. And if you don't want to do the will of God, if you don't want to fulfill your holy destiny, God will replace you. His agenda shall be fulfilled. Now, are you... Replaceable? No. No, you were his, like King Saul. He was the first choice. King David was the second choice. He really, God didn't really want any king over his people. He wanted to be their king. 
But they wanted to be like the other nations And they whined and they cried And he acquiesced And God said go ahead And then he, Saul was their first king And this was a perfect example Of a failed kingship So let's get back to Judas 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 Basically didn't appreciate The presence of God Had his own agenda um, thought he was probably better than the rest of the disciples because of his education and or his family the background that he came from, and he missed out on a great opportunity. He didn't he didn't appreciate worship. He valued money. He had a love for money. Not money is not a problem, but the love of money is a problem. So he was a thief. He stole, and even in all during all this, Jesus still did not remove him. From what? His role as treasurer. And even at the end, Jesus still protected Judas and didn't expose Judas to the other 11 disciples. He let him quietly leave. And let me tell you something. Judas did not get to eat Holy Communion. Judas did not partake in Holy Communion. He did not. He lost out. On so much But why does God tell us this lesson Because we need to understand And recognize That we must change That we can never be um, Presumptive of What Judas um, Be presumptive of the will of God We need to stay humble We need to ask God What is thy will What is your will God How do you want to Make sure you check with God On everything Like I was telling someone earlier You know I'm divorced And um, I have not remarried And I am celibate I do not practice having sex Outside of marriage And it's only through the grace of God Because like everybody else I like sex but I'm not going to have sex outside of what? Marriage. And and the thing about it is, is that I told Daddy God for a long time, I said, I don't want to get married again because I was married for a long time. And I really um, poured myself into that marriage. I wasn't perfect, but... I, that's a lot to invest in someone And at the end You don't have anything to show for it Well the good news was I did get something to show for it Because one of the great things That my marriage did for me Is that it drove me to my knees It kept me before God Praying for my former husband And for myself Praying for our children And for our life So it kept me It, made, it drew me closer to God I never forget I had been married about 10 years when I finally realized that I could not change my husband. Now, listen, ladies, you cannot change your husband. But what I did learn was I could go to daddy, Abba Father, Yuhei Lord God Christ Jesus, Lord God Holy Spirit, and I would tell them my heart's desires concerning Warren, my former husband, and guess what? I would see change. That was awesome. I mean, once I tapped into that, oh, but anyway, um, but I um, told the father, now I've kind of, God has softened my heart up, and I told the father, and I told Lord Jesus, 
Lord God, Holy Spirit, Daddy God, I'm a father, you hey bye. I said, okay, I'll get married again, but it has to be an arranged marriage. It has to be arranged by you, Daddy God, I'm a father, you hey bye. It has to be arranged by you, Lord God, Christ Jesus, Yahshua, Amashiach. And it has to be arranged by you, Lord God, Holy Spirit, Lord God, Ruha Kadash. And if it's arranged by you, I will do it. So that's where I am now. But it took a while for God to get me here. Um, so what is this all about? Your daily walk, your daily walk. What's going on in your daily walk with the Lord? How are you interfacing with people? Do people feel the love of Christ Jesus when they interface with what? You Do they feel the love of Christ Jesus when they interface with you? And I have to check myself on this, especially when I'm in the midst of people that I know have talked about me. I know they have treacherously dealt with me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is critical. We need to what? We need to make sure we don't do the things that Judas did. That's for sure. We need to. Savor and recognize the presence of God and just just bask in it, enjoy it, acknowledge it, thank God for it. We need to never put money over worship, right? We should never think that we are superior or better than anyone what else, right? I just want to... Let you know that it's important that you practice the presence of God, that you include God wants to be involved in every aspect of your life. And if you're married, he wants to be involved even in your sex life. He wants you to have supernatural sex if you are what in a covenant relationship, you are what? Married. God wants that. He wants that. He wants to be involved in every aspect of your life. He wants to, you know, I was listening to Joyce Myers. She's one of my teachers as well. And Joyce Myers said when she was, you know, new, newly um, baptized in the Holy Spirit, because she had been saved for a long time, but she had no power. So she got baptized in the Holy Spirit and she was bowling. And God spoke to her and said, won't you let me help you with your bowling? And she thought to herself, bowling? Bowling, Daddy? I mean, you're only for the, 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 the sacred things, the holy things. Bowling is not sacred. Bowling is not holy. <laughs> Guess what? Everything is sacred. Everything is holy with God, even bowling. And when she permitted God to help her in her bowling, guess what? She started bowling better, writing. That's one of the things God, I surrender my writing skills to Daddy God, our Father, you I mean, my speaking skills, although that is a gift he's given me, that is a talent that he's given me, but I surrender those also to Daddy God, you hey, So he wants to be involved in every aspect of your life and if there's a part of your life that you that you don't think is um, proper for God to be in then you need to get rid of that 
Okay, that's a that's a sign. If Jesus can't get in it, if the Holy Spirit can't get in it, if Daddy God, our Father Yahweh can't be involved in it, then what? You need to let it what go. So there's a small little. It's really thin little book. It's called um, I think it's um, um, it's a a monk, a monk called Lawrence, the pre- practicing the presence of God. Um, and with um, minister, um, priest, he was a priest, um, Lawrence, I can't remember. But that is an awesome book because it basically showed how even as he washed the dishes at the monastery, that he, what? He worshiped what? God. And let me tell you what happens when you practice the presence of God when you practice worshiping God a whole lot of things come out of that a lot of the monasteries in the very beginning a lot of the colleges and universities came out of monastery a lot of witty inventions um so that so that the monks could have more time praying instead of in labor Basically came um, from the monasteries. If you do a, a thorough research on the life of some of these monks in these monasteries, you'll find out universities came out of these monasteries, orphanages came out of these monasteries, um, and in some of these convents. Um, <laughs> it was it was awesome. Now let me tell you something else. If you go all over the world, I'm talking about the worst, the most desolate, the most awful place. You you would you would never, you don't want to live there. You'll find probably a nun there, or you'll find a monk there. Why? Because many in many cases, these men and women are totally sold out to God. They are totally sold out to God. Jesus, they are totally sold out to the Lord God, Holy Spirit. I would like to close this broadcast with Romans 10, 9, and that is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. Thank you for joining me once again on Enter the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM Wave 94 Thank you Your glory God is what our hearts long for To be overcome By your presence Lord